Coming today on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung. You know how the Wizard of Oz built that whole Emerald City and all that stuff? They did, he did all of that because he was hiding that feeble, scared little man that was behind the curtain. That's what the narcissist is. So the big questions are these. How can we navigate and negotiate every situation in our lives, in our career, in our businesses, in our relationships, and even with ourselves for our own self-worth? In other words, what if you could win every time and have no losers? Let's face it, we're not negotiating just to buy a car or for a pay raise. We are negotiating for living in every aspect of our lives. How can we do that powerfully, successfully, and victoriously? Those are the questions, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Rebecca Song, and welcome to the time where you negotiate your best life. Welcome to another episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zung. And in this episode, I'm going to be tackling what happens when a narcissist realizes that you refuse to be controlled. Well, first of all, narcissists need control because it protects their identities and their fragile egos. They are underneath very actually afraid of you. They're actually more afraid of you than you are of them. And I say that all the time. And I I think a lot of people don't believe me, but that's true. That, That all that stuff that they layer on is actually just a show. They are really just, I I often say it, it's sort of like the Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz built that whole Emerald City and all that stuff. They did, he did all of that because he was hiding that feeble, scared little man that was behind the curtain. That's what the narcissist is. They actually have very, very, very low self-esteem, a very fragile self that they're hiding and they're manipulating others and they use tactics such as gaslighting and guilt and shame and all of those things because they're trying to control their outcome, trying to control, desperately trying to control their circumstances around you, around them, because they're actually very, very scared people. People who are sure of themselves, people who are confident, they're not desperate to try to control things. It's only actually very fearful people who are desperate to try to control. So knowing what narcissists are doing to try to control their victims or their targets will actually help you feel more educated and it'll actually help you understand what's going on. And it will actually help you to be more prepared and anticipate what's going to happen. And that's part of my SLAY methodology, by the way, which is strategy, leverage, anticipate what's going to happen. And then you can focus on you, your position, and be ready, okay? So anticipate is the A, 
And once you understand what's happening, you can anticipate what's going to happen. So understanding it will actually help you. So understand that they are actually very ashamed people. They have a lot of shame. I mean, you think you might have shame. Brene Brown talks about shame. They have more shame than anyone else. I mean, they are shame personified. They're like one big shame donut. So they they use control and manipulation to as a as a way to try to keep their kingdom intact. And you notice they don't really go, they, they, they build a kingdom around them and they don't really stray from that too much, okay? So they do know exactly what they're doing and they, they are aware in some ways of their to- toxic behavior. I knew that they're aware because they know how to behave in certain situations. They, they know how to love bomb you, to get you to do what they want in the beginning. So that's, they, they, they are aware of that. Okay, so what happens when they realize that you refuse to be controlled? We're gonna go through seven things. So number one, you're going to see that narcissistic rage. I mean, because they have that narcissistic injury, which is that fragile self that they have. And once that scab is picked at, then that narcissistic rage is just beneath that surface and that will come flying out. And that can come flying out in a couple of different ways. For a, a, an overt narcissist, you can see aggressive outbursts, And depending on how overt they are, you can start to see stalking or violence or even threats of violence, threats of stalking, that sort of thing. For a covert narcissist, they might be a little bit more passive aggressive. They might make themselves into a victim, but that narcissistic rage will start to creep up and they start to be something more than what you might have seen in the past. The heat will start to turn up, okay? So that is the first thing that you'll see. The next thing that you start to see, and this is all part of that discard phase, you start to see the birth of the smear campaign. In that discard phase, you do start to see the birth of the smear campaign at that point. And by the way, and I have mentioned this in the past, the birth of the smear campaign can start to happen long before what you start to perceive as the discard phase. Sometimes, and and, and you, you see that, the three main phases of a narcissistic relationship is the love bombing, the devaluing, and the discard. And 
and I've often said this before as well, it's not linear. They do go back and forth between these phases. And when you are going to negotiate with the narcissist, you have to understand that even in the negotiation phase, they will still go back and forth between these phases because they will want to rely on using these phases to see what will potentially work for them. So, because love bombing, even with the love bomb, by the way, don't confuse love bombing with true love. But I do wanna say that that smear campaign, you will see that birth of that smear campaign potentially start happening even before what you perceive the discard phase to be. So they start embedding pieces of, of, of smearing long before the breakup actually happens. And so they might have started lining up flying monkeys or with their, their army of people by starting to say things against you and about you long before you realize there was even an issue because they realized, hey, you might discard them eventually or they may want to discard you eventually. So they start getting people on their side. And so they start saying things about you even long before. And by the way, they may not even, the, the, the flying monkey may not even realize that they're being recruited. And I think that that's an important piece. The, the flying monkey may be just being love-bombed by that narcissist too. I, and, and that's something that did, wasn't necessarily clear to me at the beginning either. They, they might just be oblivious to the whole situation too. The other thing that I want, I think that is important for you all to understand as well, is that these phases are not just in intimate relationships or romantic relationships. The, the, the narcissist uses these tactics and interacts the same way, whether it's a business relationship, a romantic relationship, you know, neighbors, friends, family, whoever it is, they are the same. They interact the same way, regardless of who they are interacting with or the type of relationship that it is. And what I mean, by the way, when I say they start saying things about people long before the discard phase, they don't necessarily even say, oh, that person is a bad person. They might actually even say it in a way where the flying monkey makes seem, thinks that they're saying something in the spirit of caring. So they might say something like, oh, I'm concerned for so-and-so because 
they had too much to drink last night, or I'm concerned for so-and-so because of how they're behaving or something like that, where it makes it seem like they're worried about you, but they're really embedding a smear. So it seems like they're a good person. That's, you know, so that's number two is the smear campaign. Coming up, more on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung. So this is where a totally malignant narcissist might just completely try to control the target by just full out doing whatever they want to, to try to show their target or show their victim that They'll do whatever they need to to ruin the other person's life completely. When it comes to the safety of a child in a divorce case involving alcohol abuse, there is no compromise. Take back power, strength, and truth from the narcissist in your life with documented proof of sobriety. Soberlink's alcohol monitoring system is the most convenient, reliable, and reasonable way for a parent to provide evidence that they're not drinking when a child's safety is at risk. Soberlink's real-time alerts make it easy to negotiate with any party. Judges rest assured that the child is safe. Attorneys get court admissible evidence of sobriety and both parents have empowerment and peace of mind. I created this community to provide support for divorced moms like me, which is why I partnered with Soberlink to create the resource, Tips for Negotiating with a Narcissist. To download the guide and get $50 off your Soberlink device, visit www.soberlink.com forward slash negotiate. Are you struggling with how to negotiate and win? Maybe you're dealing with a personality that's particularly challenging like a narcissist or other high conflict personality and you're feeling powerless. Make sure to download my free win my negotiation cheat sheet at www.winmynegotiation.com. Take a listen to our archive, where you can listen to more episodes that show you the path to how to negotiate your best life. That is more important to them than what's going on inside because, you know, they don't have that internal sense of value. So they're constantly trying to feed their emptiness inside. And now we return to today's show. Number three is, and I'm still going through when a narcissist refuses to be, realizes that you refuse to be controlled. So number three is they might just do a disappearing act. They may just ghost you. 
they may just stop talking to you altogether. Uh, so do a disappearing act re and refuse to talk to you altogether. So that's number three. Number four, number four, I alluded to a little bit in the narcissistic rage piece of that, but it garners its own piece. And that's number four, and that is stalk you. And this is where they really, you know, potentially could get violent. They really potentially could get, I have seen situations, especially as an attorney, where especially what I call the malignant narcissists, the ones who have no care or concern at all about potentially ruining your life. So stalk you or even file motions or file things against you where they might just actually say things against you that are completely false, fraudulent. I have actually seen narcissists file things against people that are just absolutely heinous and horrible, accuse people of child molestation or something like that, but stalking you, saying things against you, that sort of thing. So this is where a totally malignant narcissist might just completely try to control the target by just full out doing whatever they want to, to try to show their target or show their victim that they'll do whatever they need to to ruin the other person's life completely. So that is number four. Number five is public humiliation. So this is where the narcissist might just go public with whatever they know about the other person by saying things about them, such as that they know intimate details about the person's sex life maybe, or intimate details about maybe their gambling habits or intimate things about them that should they be made public, it would definitely be very embarrassing for the other person or could be very damaging for the other person. Certainly things about that other person that the other person would not want other people to know. And what's interesting about this from a narcissistic point of view is sometimes I have seen where it's actually potentially damaging for the narcissist as well. In other words, I have seen, you know, wives, for example, where they will be very hot to get this information out there about a husband where it could potentially ruin the husband, but then that means that they will not get a support, yet get alimony or something that they would have normally gotten 
but they don't even care because it'll ruin the, the spouse. But yet that means that that person will get fired or that nobody will want to hire that person anymore because it will ruin them in, the, in that community, but they don't even care. Like it will actually hurt them too. So it's their own undoing as well, but they don't think it through. They don't think it all the way through when they go through with this whole public humiliation. So, but that's number five. Number six is the lying and denying. And that is where they just will lie and deny about anything and everything. And that's something that narcissists do anyway. And, but they'll continue to do it and they'll escalate their lying and denying. And, and they will do that all the way through. And especially when they realize that you refuse to be controlled. And the, uh, the last thing, number seven, is they will bait you and try to trigger you. And this is even more so when they realize that you refuse to be controlled because they will want to try to catch you. They will want to try to get you. They were they sort of like what they say is how they often say that a dealing with a narcissist is like getting arrested. Anything you do or say will be, tried, will be used against you. But they will definitely want to try to do that even more so in these situations because they want to try to get you. And so they, it's, it's not only that they're getting narcissistic supply from it, but they want to try to use something against you. So Definitely, you want to go gray rock with this. Do not give them narcissistic, uh, the supply, narcissistic supply, and do not give them anything so that you, because remember, anything you put your hand to because is potential trial exhibit. So just shut that down. I mean, I want you to put that in the comments right now. Shut them down. And by the way, I do have a whole video on YouTube on Going Gray Rock. Definitely check that out and make sure you put that in the comments, shut them down. And so thanks so much for listening to this episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. If you would like a free Crush My Negotiation Prep Worksheet, please feel free to grab that. It's a free ebook, 15 pages at winmynegotiation.com. And feel free to also take my free quiz if you think that you might be in a relationship with a narcissist. You can definitely check that out in the show notes. And if you are dealing with with a narcissist and you want some extra help, some added support, we have a partnership with BetterHelp and you can get that extra support at betterhelp.com forward slash Rebecca Zung. Please don't feel like you need to do that alone or do go through this alone. And 
we will make sure that that link is in the show notes as well. And we also have a partnership with Soberlink, which we are super grateful for also. So thank you guys so much for listening and for being here. Remember, as always, that today is a great day to start negotiating your best life. Never give in and never give up. They only win if you give up. So thanks so much for joining us. And remember, namaste. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zung. Tune in next week for another edition of Negotiate Your Best Life. Remember, if you want more ways to slay and you want more ways to be supported, you can always join my membership at joinslay.com forward slash slay. You can always subscribe to my YouTube channel and you can always grab my free Crush My Negotiation prep worksheet at winmynegotiation.com. Remember that today is a great day to start negotiating your best life. And I will definitely catch you in the next episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. Thanks so much for listening. 